0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode eight of Beyond the Smokestacks. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Davi and special guest, Anthony Buckley. Christian, what's up? Uh, Davi, what's up? <laughs> and special wel- uh, special welcome to our special guest, Anthony Buckley. What's up, Buckley? All right, so Buckley, uh, with this being your first uh, first spot on our on Beyond the Smokestacks, so we have uh, three questions that kind of get to know you a little bit. Who is your favorite current NYCFC player? I'm going to have to say, even though he had me. A... Maxime Chanot, the oldest tenured, longest tenured player on NYCFC currently. Um, and uh, I guess that breeds the question who's your favorite all time player? Did you guys wake up this morning like I did to watch Tati play against Yorona? or uh, play play for Yorona against Atletico Bilbao? Uh, it was it was on before that actually. It was on at eight o'clock this morning Eastern Time. Uh, Tati looked pretty good though. He looked pretty good. But Sands did not make the squad. Also, Collins picked up a knock and did not play today for for Urana. <laughs> Uh and then last question, uh, favorite kit of all time that NYCFC has worn? That is going to be the
1: twenty fifteen away kit. The black. Yeah. I have
0: several of them. I think at the time I think I might have bought like three or four authentics just because I loved it so much. I have one that I wear, I just blow my hair so I one to wear and one to keep, so it's a smart man right there. Uh I mean, I'm well, i well I wish that I had uh subscribed to your philosophy because I, I wish I had I had bought and uh or purchased a few more of those black kits back in twenty fifteen. They're very hard to come by now. This the second uh pretty close second, so uh it looks better in
1: person I think than it does on T V, really but uh it's growing on me a little bit. Um uh, I was also you know a pretty big fan of, of the uh the home kit from
0: twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. That that's the bronze blue, right? Um, well, so if you didn't know, um, I, I tweeted out earlier a couple days ago um, that I found a, I found a link to a uh, for to a, a, a store, a brick and mortar store called Soccer Zone USA, um, where you can go on and buy authentic uh, Bronx Blue and authentic Volt kits for like sixty bucks a piece uh, with no sleeve, no sleeve um, sponsors, and no sleeve patches, just the uh, just the crest. Um, so if you're if you're in the market for a new Volt kit or a new uh, Bronx Blue kit. Um, you can get one an authentic for a pretty affordable price of $60 a piece. So, No dude wipes. No dude wipes. No no <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's jump freaking headfirst right in. Uh, we obviously uh, lost uh, our season opener 2-0 um, away at Nashville last night or yesterday afternoon, evening. Um, and uh, the product on the field was definitely not up to what our expectations or standards are. Um, with that loss, we are now on a four-game season-opening lose streak, losing streak in which we've only scored one goal in those four games, and we are on a five-game winless streak uh, because five years ago we drew, uh, we drew two to two against Orlando, which brings our all-time season-opening record to two wins, two draws, five losses—not exactly fantastic—and uh, also um, we are still winless against. Seattle uh, against Nashville, Seattle against Nashville um, and we they have uh, shut us out back to back games. <laughs> can't score against them. But let's uh, let's jump into the formation and the players selected for the 11. Um, obviously, uh, in our pre-match Twitter space we're, we were talking about who the fullback selection selection was going to be, who the goalkeeper was going to be, what the we we all thought we knew what the what the midfield was going to look like and uh, Nick Cushing is full of surprises. Uh, we we start with uh, Luis brazza gets the start in net, which was pretty predictable considering that he received the number one no, kit number the week of the number uh, the first game of the season, so that was kind of predictable. Uh, and then he started with uh, the newcomer Koufri at left back, Tavon Gray at right back, with Chano at left center back and Tiago Martins at right center back. And then in the midfield, midfield of Parks, Hack, and Pellegrini at the 10. And then a front three of Thiago Andrade started at left winger. Talis Magno started at striker. And GP Gabriel Pereira out at right wing. What did you guys think of the starting 11? Let's start with Christian.
2: because we didn't see any of these games, thanks Apple TV. Uh, Barraza has been waiting for long enough, and in order to just, I I guess just to be fair, he was given the nod to to go. So I wasn't too surprised by that. I was surprised by Kufre getting the start at left-back, considering he's only been with the team for a week and a half. tops. maybe has played one game. I don't think he's as uh, familiar with system that we use, as opposed to a guy like Kevin O'Toole, or Melda Amundsen or anybody else they could have chosen, uh, tonight. Um, other than that, the only change, so that was a little surprising, I was also surprised to see Hack get, get the start over Alfredo Morales, but apparently, we found out after the game, that Alfredo had received a knock, in, in training, and so Hack got the start, uh, and I wasn't too stoked on that before the game, but by the time the game was over, <laughs> Pack was one of the few players that I didn't want to rip their, his head off. Uh, so I guess that worked out in their favor. Frey, uh, I was not in, in, impressed by at all. I made that very, very clear in our Twitter space last night. I thought Kufre offered nothing going forward, and apparently he offered no kind of resistance, no, no type of, you know, resistance on defense, because I just felt like that fucking, their right flank, our left our left flank and their right flank was just uh an way for most of the game. And uh but I mean outside of that there was really no surprises. We've known for a while that Talos isn't a nine or that it would take or that if he does become a nine it's going to take time in order to adjust to that new role. So I mean wasn't really too impressed, but I guess we'll get into like you know, player performance in a little bit. But yeah, no, um wasn't too surprised with the lineup but uh two surprises that I did
0: see were uh literally uh night and day in terms of end results in my Yeah, absolutely. Um Dobby what do you think? Poor was
3: poor performance win it all fucking offseason for that. Just just uh just a comeback and you lose like that just to see the
0: whole team disarray. What do you what do you think about the lineup? Were you surprised?
3: South fielder yesterday. let uh, would say him and Barraza were, were our best players on that field. And, you know, when, when, a, when a backup six, and your goalkeepers, your best players on the field, uh, that that tells you a lot about the rest of the team. How poor they were. Um, Kufre was getting absolutely destroyed defensively, but I thought attacking wise, he wanted to provide something uh, that we, we really haven't seen. Last season, you know, Malte getting bench for O'Toole. You know, O'Toole came on and did better than uh, Cooper. But at the same time, you got to kind of give him a little pass. It's only his first game in the league. He's only been here for about 10 days. Um, you know, bringing him over from Spain. But uh, just just a just the, just the poor performance from everybody. I, I, I t- t- Talos is not a number nine. I'm sorry. Talos is not a number nine. This experiment's not going to fucking work. We, we, we haven't seen him scored in the preseason we didn't see him score yesterday. I know it's a bit early, but still, uh, I'm willing to die on this. Talos Bagner's on a number nine. And anybody can fucking save this shit right now. Talos Bagner's on a number nine. And I'll be happy to, get, if I'm
0: really wrong, I'll be fucking happy. Yeah, keep the receipts. <laughs> 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 All right, Buckley, uh, what, what do we think about this? Uh, this starting 11 formation and everything?
1: night again I was surprised with the pack as well too but I think he actually uh, had probably had the best performance out of anybody uh, last night I think him and Pere- uh, Pereira played pretty well um, Baraza had an okay start but just kind of that going every, everyone else Yeah, you know, Talis is not a number nine um, that experiment looks like it worked for they tried it out for maybe half the half the match yesterday and then kind of gave up um, so I, I'm not really bringing Bells. Yet you know it is. It is week one. You know some guys need to gel. I was kind of surprised that Kufre was in there as well, given that he's only trained with the team like maybe seven or eight times since he's been with us. Um, it was just kind of like a lackluster performance last night, from what I watched. It was it was pretty pretty amateur hour. I feel like we couldn't we couldn't uh, put a string of three three or more passes together. It was kind of uh, get get a little bit of the buildup going, and then it was just kind of cut short every time. So. Uh, bits and pieces I saw was really just like anything past the 15th minute of the game shouldn't have happened. They should have just called the game because it was just, just a disaster. Pellegrini, he, he was also looking like you know, he looked like shit last night. I'm looking at some of the ratings right now. Mob.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Talos had a 5-9, Pellegrini with a 5-7. Um, you know, these are the guys that we're going to be, be trusting here to kind of move up and push some things forward here. Just, it's, we're not going to get it done.
0: Um, do you see how do, do you see how in Nashville the only player underneath under a 7 was Leal at 6.8 everybody else was above 7? <laughs> yeah, they got some pretty strong ratings on there. I mean, the well, scored. Yeah, they're going to give a high rating yeah. cuz he scored. Again, he also scored too. So he had eight 1, but even their, their back
1: their back four was pretty
0: pretty solid. Yeah, I mean they, they they have a good They have a good back line other than I I don't know a whole lot about Marr. Um, jack Maher, but uh the other other guys played up to their pedigree uh, Lovitz is a good left back check Moore is a, a i guess a, a average mls right back Zimmerman has been around for a while in the mls i mean they they have a pretty they have a pretty senior team that's played together for more than a season and you could it it, it was glaringly obvious that they have chemistry that they have a team that didn't have a very high overturn rate um, whereas with with our guys uh they're kind of like learning on the fly to how to gel and how to mix and match with each other um, because this was not what our starting 11 looked like uh, last year or even a season, uh, two seasons ago. Uh, but moving on, so the, uh, what do you guys think about uh, the only two substitutions occurred at minute 70 with um, O'Toole coming on for Kufre and at minute 82 with uh, Micha Elenik coming on for Tavon Gray. And that, that was the extent of the substitutions that were used for NYCFC.
3: First goal... 34. 34. Yeah, so, so, you know, like, for most of the game, you're
2: down a goal. And you've really not had, outside of, like, one big chance uh, that Pellegrini muffed into a Rosette, and outside of two promising, like, like, a few shots from distance that really are low percentage, the offense hasn't generated much. And the only changes that... Uh, Cushing finds to be appropriate are the fullbacks. Uh, and I think that's, I personally think that's a failure and I think that's dumb. I don't care if you don't think that the players on the bench can make a difference. The players on the pitch aren't making a difference. And that is why you were given five changes. To have that many changes available to you and use less than half of them just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me in any kind of situation. I mean, I'm sure that there's people who know way more than me who probably defend it. I'm not going to be one of them. I think if you're like, listen, you have, you have I don't care if it's the first game of the season. It, the goal is to win. You know, just go f- throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. Is what was happening, ain't it? You know that that just wasn't it. there. it. Is another school of thought that says, you know, the preseason wasn't as extensive, and even include one of the games got even, you know, canceled, and a lot of these guys need 90 minute shifts to be much fit, and in order to develop, uh, potentially develop. Something. So, I, and I get that, but it's just, you know, at what at what point like do you say, okay, let's go, let, let's try to get something out of this game and just see what happens because, I mean, it can't get any worse. I, I, I just, I, I didn't understand that. And, you know, uh, O'Toole played okay, you know, when he came on. Uh, Micha he made one nice tackle, but outside of that, I, I guess I didn't see enough of him to really be sold on him either. Uh, especially moving forward. I didn't really think he offered much, but... Uh, I don't know. Like, that, that's... In my opinion, that's a stupid decision, but there will be people out there that will make me t- try to feel stupid for thinking that. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm not the smartest person in the world. I know I'm not the smartest person in the world, but uh, I, when you're losing, I think you're obligated to use every tool, you know, at your disposal to try to get a, a result
0: not all three you know, so that's my, that's my opinion. yeah i mean uh just to kind of piggyback off of that you, you look at who we had available on the bench uh, gabriel Segal, who's a new player that was brought in um and he saw some time at striker in some of the in some of the scrimmages and looked pretty pretty dependable like it looked like he can do some stuff and to not bring him on Um, It came out after kickoff or after the game that Alfredo Morales had picked up, um, not picked up a knock, but he had felt some uncomfortability um, in his um, um, abductor muscle, which is the muscle that he injured uh, last year. So they they decided not to give him a go. But you still have Andres Jason on the bench. You have Nico Benalcazar on the bench um, who can come in and play. uh, Andres can play a winger position. Nico can come on and spell uh, Justin Hack or Keaton Parks. Or Pellegrini, and you could always move Parks further up the pitch um, and take Pellegrini off. Um, I mean, you wouldn't bring on Malty Amundsen because you already brought on you brought on O'Toole, um, and you wouldn't bring on Tony Alfaro, uh because uh, we didn't we didn't need defensive help at that point. We needed to, we were, uh, chasing the game, trying to get a goal back. Um, so it really is uh, an indictment of our of our um of our depth. Uh, not not being good enough at this moment. And I think that's kind of a unanimous opinion across all of the NYCFC fandom is that our depth is just not good enough at the moment uh, to be able to compete regularly against uh, a team that I have. I have Nashville being in the top three, four in the East. Um, I think they're a very good team. Um, I think they're built well. And and obviously they have a a reigning MLS MVP who's going to kind of carry them a little bit. And, so Nashville used four subs, and I would say that one of their more impactful subs came on at the 75th minute, which was Hani Muktar. Um, he came on, and within five minutes of him coming on, he made he uh, imprinted his his fingerprint on, on this game and, and and made a goal happen. Um, so I think that that's a uh, indictment on on Nick Cushing's coaching ability to and be able to um, counterbalance potential game changers that are coming off the bench. Uh, but go, uh, kind of going into the game. Uh, so six minutes in, uh, Schaffelberg uh, is is in clean um, um, with uh, with Tavon Gray chasing him and uh, Brazza comes up off his line, makes a really big save. really great save one on one with Schaffelberg. That was six minutes into the game that that happened. Um, so right off the bat we know, oh, oh oh shit, we're this is this is this is gonna be a fight. like they're they're, they're here to play. they're they're looking good. Uh, my concern with that play is that one, that play started in their defensive third and Hack, Hack and Keaton got split by one pass, one pass split both of them. And then as the ball runner is, is, is driving into our attack, into our attacking third towards 18 yard box, Tavon Gray is responsible for tracking, um, Shefflebird, Shefflebird, Sheff- yeah, Shefflebird. Um, And he loses him. He kind of he checks over his shoulder. He's not there. Then all of a sudden, Schafferberg made an inside run. So like this is like the defense is 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 going to be our problem going forward because are are the defenders in our current unit are they good enough? Are they high enough quality to protect a new goalkeeper in MLS who's who's not? He hasn't gotten a lot of starts, a lot of experience. But is this defense good enough to protect our goalkeeper? And not hang him out to dry and put him in these bad situations. What are you guys? What's your opinions on that?
1: It, on paper, yes, yeah, we should be good enough. But obviously, in the game last night that was quite the opposite. Um, again, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't able to catch the whole game last night, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we were our our back. Just wasn't uh, it, it wasn't pretty to look at. Um, I do think over time again. This is me just trying to be optimistic um, as the season goes on, and depending on who's who's between the sticks, whether it be Barraza or whether it be Freeze. Um, I'm hoping that back, that that back will improve, but uh, I think first game of the season those those jitters, uh, you know, playing away. Against a tough opponent like Nashville, I think it was just one of those, one of those situations where the guys weren't clicking on the field, and you you could tell that right right off the bat. Um, you know, we, it was Nashville. I think we really didn't start getting into the game until the second half. Um, yeah, you know, we ended up coming out of the game with more possession. I think uh, the stats was like 62 to 38. Um, when all was said and done, but that yeah. first half, our guys just looked uh, looked lost and discombobulated. Not even just
0: the back the, board, but was, uh, the whole squad yeah so if the, the official uh, possession was, was 61.9 to 38.1 so didn't feel that. well no but the reason why it was like that was because after after um after Zimmerman's goal at 34 and we and we talked about this with the guy previewing previewing uh, Nashville last week is that um they, they looked to get a goal early and then they kind of parked the bus and play more defensively and cede possession to the to the other team and then look to play that counterattacking game. So we were I mean if, if you saw Chino was on the ball almost all the time um, because they would just drop back and they'd let NYCFC swing the ball left and right, play the ball into a pe- Pellegrini or, or Parks and they'd play it back to Shinoe or Tal or uh, Thiago Martins. Um, and they'd let us possess the ball in the mid- in the midfield. And then once we tried to penetrate, they'd they'd pounce on us and then counterattack off of that. So yeah, they're, like they're not going to have the possession numbers because they're letting us possess it, but then they're counterattacking off of our mistakes. Um, so then uh, our first uh, our first shot of the game, or our first not our first shot, but our first good attempt on the game, came in the 18th minute, and that's when Talis Magno. Found the ball out on the left flank, like pretty much on the sideline, almost because he had drifted wide because he does not like playing centrally because he does not he is not a classically trained striker. He wants to be on the width. He does not want to be central. So he he found his way out to the left flank, um, took a took a pass and hit a shot from about twenty five yards out, a curler to the far post, which very narrowly missed nestling into the uh, the side netting. It just went over the bar. Um, but that was our first decent attempt on on frame. Was 18 minutes into the game, um, and then so uh, I mean, what, you got. I mean, we're all firmly in the camp. It sounds like that we do not believe that Talos Magno is going to thrive as a nine um, based on just the eye test, like looking and seeing how he's checking into the midfield very deep. His first touch is very heavy, um, and he his hold up play is not what we need as a as a nine in the NYCFC system. Um, Do you guys agree with that or do you have a a different opinion?
3: Fucked. (laughs) Fucked. We're going to keep playing him at at Adonai because Cushing is fucking inept. He's fucking terrible. He's he's not a good manager at all. He was a lazy hire by David Lee, to be honest. Uh, I just think David Lee used the excuse of the World Cup just to get some days off work this is what happens when you don't look in the market early enough and you, you leave it too little too late Now, well, I, well we do have until the 24th of april we do have two months left to try and find a try and find some some players you know like a left footed center back you know we're, we're going to get santi uh, supposedly next week he, he should supposedly be be available for chicago but that that's that's not going to help all our problems i mean we like creativity, so he'll he'll help in that department. But Talos as a nine no. he just drifts wide too much. He just wants the ball out wide on the wing. It's a good shot by Talos bag. what I wanted to, want to keep, I wanted to keep shooting those long shots because one of them, one of them is bound to go. Um, but him as a nine, you no, know, this, this this
0: experiment's not going to work out. Well. well, if if you noticed, um. Talis got moved, uh, from striker out to the left wing, and then Thiago Andrade took over at the nine at some point during the game. Yeah, and he can't fucking finish either. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> so my, my issue right now is the fact
2: that uh, Cushing last season proved that he can be a competent coach. Last season, uh, he had some initial good results. One Tati, Tati could do it all, but as soon as Tati left, it, there was an immediate meltdown, and then he was able to stop the bleeding, and change the system, and then got a bunch of good results, and then went on an unbeaten run that looked very, very good, and got within one game of an MLS Cup final, um, and, and with with, that, with a 3-4-3 three three system, but yet in this entire preseason, he hasn't tried it once. Every single game has been a four, four three, three, four two, three, one, you know, whatever variation of it. It's basically the same kind of concept, but some kind of variation of that like four in the back style. And he I don't know you know, like, like I don't I, I just I'm not I, I'm I, I I'm confused right now, just struggling like struggling to come to terms with why he would want to go to a system that didn't work. With, with more or less the same players, that it didn't work. with. You know, it's not like he brought in a new striker who he has faith in and who, who he thinks can play, like Tati or Phil Tati, like Gap. Uh, he, I, I don't know. And and he was preaching in the preseason during like certain press conferences about tactical flexibility. And last night I was like, what fucking tactical flexibility? There's no flexibility at all. All you did, the only adjustment that you made at halftime was putting Talis on the left and putting Andrade in center. Now, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad decision. I think Talis, I mean, Talis was elite in the first half of the season at that left winger. He was one of the best wingers in the league, If going by the numbers. He looked great. And, you know, once he went to nine, those numbers, you know, dropped off pretty violently. And I just... I don't know what his thought process is right now. Like, I want to give him a chance, and I don't want to be the unreasonable asshole saying, pushing out after one game on Twitter. But at the same time, it's like, you know what works with the squad of players. You know what doesn't work with the squad of players. And we don't know yet how this team, how this batch of players will perform in that 3-for-3 system that he pivoted to once everything started falling apart last season. So, I, I feel like if we switched to a back, we probably would have gotten a result in this game. I, I just, like, listen, even if Alfaro, like, like listen, I think we all know that Alfaro is not the best the, the best center back in the world, and even if he turns out to be competent, he's not going to be an Alex Collins, but at the same time, in a three-back system, it's not like in one individual mistake will... Cost you at the back because you have that cover. You have two other center backs that can cover you. And Chano and Tiago Martins are both very capable center backs. The problem is one of them is playing out of position. They're both right-footed the center backs. Chano had had to shift over to a, or, yeah, had to shift over to the left center back, and it didn't work. He looked awkward. He looked very awkward. He, he, and I, I don't want to make it. Uh, I don't want to boil it down to something as trivial as to what side he's playing on, but. That's what I'm going to boil it down to. Playing the right, playing right center back versus left center back in a four back system as a one footed player is not a fucking easy task. And it's going to be ugly so long as we are, so long as that, that's our go to. So, I, I
3: think the crowd also got to him. It doesn't really help when you play out of position and then you get the whole crowd moving you when you're on the ball.
0: Yeah, like, like, he's a he, he,
3: great left back, would you?
0: Yeah, but Davi, he's he's a professional soccer player. He's he's 30 something years old. He's been doing this for a minute. I don't think that he's going to let a crowd booing him get in his head that much. thats that's something that maybe like a 19 20 year old will that will be like oh shit this this everybody hates me like that, that, but like Shane too old too too seasoned to let something like that bother him. In my opinion. That's my opinion anyway. Uh Buckley let's uh, let's let's get some uh, let's get some thoughts uh, what, what what did you think about Talos Magno what did you think about the the tactical fluidity of of Nick Cushing's uh, t- uh, philosophy and the uh the execution of that tactical fluidity yesterday in the game
1: I Missed the question what was
0: it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would have
3: responded with
1: what fluidity it's almost like yeah, I almost like uh what, 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 what am i watching here honestly um there, there really wasn't again much in terms of any fluidity that i've seen like i said i don't from from the bits and pieces that i caught we weren't able to string string three passes together we really didn't look um like a threat in the attack we it was a very flat match like i don't know if everyone was tired or again if it goes back to those you know those first game of the season jitters but uh there was little to no fluidity last night. Again, I think uh, going back to what Christian was saying before, you have to use those substitutions. You you have five, and it's not like if you you know you don't use it this game, it carries over to the next game, and you can get more for the next game. You have it, use it. You know, it's especially if you're if you're down you know, two nothing. Like at this point, it's like you got to just try what works. And again, yeah, I know the depth of our bench isn't the best. But I think pushing from a coaching, uh, some of the decisions he made last night were just a little a little questionable. Well, but I think we were talking about this last night too. He really doesn't seem to be in like the tactical box on the sidelines very much. He's always sitting down. He's always kind of, uh, I don't know if it's that's just the way he is, but I feel like if the players see a coach there getting getting hyped up, getting energized on the sideline there, that energy reflects throughout the squad, and I feel like nine times out of ten, Cushing is kind of always just kind of lounging, sitting around, laying back. Um, you know, kind of total, the total opposite of what we had with with Dyla. I feel like Diala was always on the sidelines, always, you know, showing you that energy and you know, being enthusiastic, and and that that
0: rubs off on the players well all, all of our previous managers made it a, a point to always be like an imposing person on in the, in the technical area like you patrick vera was always standing up domi torrent was always standing up ronnie was always up in the, in the area talking to the players doing this doing that and it kind of it's a really bad look to just see nick cushing just kind of like almost serving sitting down like an assistant just sitting on the on the chair while the game is being played and is very rarely up in the technical area
1: again like i said i think that that can just even showing that extra little amount of effort you know the effort and energy can you know rub off on the players and they say hey listen the coaches on the sideline they're really fired up like let's go guys and i don't know if everyone was, was sleepy from the travels or, or what it is maybe they just had uh did a little bit too much bull riding the night before in nashville <laughs> i don't know what it was but uh yeah, the, the energy wasn't there, the fluidity wasn't there. Obviously, you can just tell by by what you're looking at uh, on the screen. It looked it looks pretty amateurish uh, from what I saw.
0: Well, here's the stats on Talas Magnos game yesterday. Two total shots. He had he completed 63% of his passes, 22 for 35. His expected goals, 0.04. Expected assists, 0.06. That is, is not a nine. that is not a fucking a good enough. Not a fucking nine. He, he he took 61 touches the entire match. Oh, but look, here's the one positive from his game. He was three for five on dribbles. He completed 60% of his dribbles. Oh, my God. Dribbling. Great. Fantastic. Awesome. How many times was he dispossessed? Five fucking times. Five times he was dispossessed in the game.
3: He's not a bad...
1: Looks like shit, trying to t- trying to play what he's not. He's not a nine. And if this is if this is the experiment that Cushing and company want to run with for you know however far into the season, uh, it's not going to be it's not going to be looking good. We're going to be sitting, I would say like come July four, we'll probably be sitting in eighth place, ninth place, maybe tenth. Uh, you know, I'd really start worrying at that point. If, you know, if we haven't brought in someone. As of nine, you know, we have, you know, what, until you know, April, whatever it is. Or if we bring somebody in in the summer transfer transfer window, um, again, that's how we usually seem to, to do things, right? We, we'll bring somebody in in the summer, and hopefully they can gel with the, the squad as quickly as possible, and then we'll make a playoff run. Uh, but this is a little bit different than... You know some of the some of the past seasons that we've had because we've always had you know that that goal score, and right now we don't have. Them. So I, I don't I mean, Ledesma, if he comes, you know, as a midfielder, you know that that'll help a little bit. You know, but we, we need someone to bang those goals in in the box and uh, we need them like yesterday.
3: And no, we don't have it.
2: I, I also like want to like, like last night. I think the lack of the true ten as well also was very apparent. Because, listen, I have no doubts that Pellegrini can be a decent player when he's deployed out on the wing. I, I, I think he can be a helpful hand. I don't think he's necessarily a starter in the squad. But I do think that he's someone that you can bring off the bench and then see what happens with him. Uh, but last night, I mean, like we've been talking a lot about Talos at the 9. I think the bigger story, personally, is the fact that we don't have like that creative ten don't have that like Max Morales type who's going to be finding balls like, yeah. like like in behind and playing players in the space and like giving them good opportunities. You know, like to begin with, the so, uh, Pellegrini's a decent player, but he's not a ten. And I think there's end play like, like, like you know, like we we've been hearing rumblings and you know basically, you know, basically confirmations that Santi Rodriguez and Richie Ledesma at some point will be joining the club. Within uh, you know like the next few uh, the next few weeks, and I honestly, Santi's,
3: a, Santi's supposedly early next week, so he could be available for Chicago. Supposedly, yeah,
2: well, him. I mean, but, but, but that's but that's assuming that uh, that's assuming that the um, you know like, like like that this this wait that we've had also includes the wait for his visa because as we as we've seen before, uh, you know a lot of these NYCFC signings happen, and they're like, uh, he will, you know, so-and-so will join the club after they've received their P1 visa and their international transfer certificate. Does he already have those things? And NYCFC's planning just, like, a huge, like, return. It's like, hey, guess who's back, and he's with us already. You know, like, like is that what's happening? Is it, are we going to have to announce his signing and then wait a few weeks for him to get here and, and have him miss more games, including our home opener on March 11th? Uh, Ledesma, I'm not as concerned about because Ledesma is an American citizen, so he'll be able to come right over. Uh, but, you know, whenever that deal moves forward, he was on the bench for a PSV a few, like, j- just days ago, so who knows what the status of that move is. Um, so, yeah, um, I, we need a tent. We need someone who can create that bare minimum. I mean, we, we, we proved last season that we could get by without a true nine. We, we, we did prove that last season, but we also had Max Morales and Santi Rodriguez to pick up the slack when it comes to creating opportunities and putting players in positions where it would be very difficult to not succeed. So, you know, maybe this system can work once you have that 10 ironed out. Uh And maybe... But, but I still think that we need to get a striker, and I think it needs to be a DP striker. I think it needs to be a moving transfer. Need someone who's got a proven track record, or at least someone who's extremely promising, you know, to make this team work. Because right now, you know, even though we can, you know, I I want to say like the nine's the biggest problem, but we proved that we can do it, you know, without a true nine last season. We just need that creative force. We don't have that right now. It's not Keaton.
3: There and was one. There was one creative force. We all hate him, but he was on a free, and now he's no longer in the league. Um. Uh, I think you all know the name.
2: I I I don't actually.
3: Lightning. Chicho? No. He's he's he was a ten. He used to he used to fucking turn into Prime Messi whenever he played against us.
0: Pozuelo. Yeah. If he
3: was on a free, I would've fucking taken him. I would've happily
0: taken him. Where is he? Where is that little bastard? Well he went to Turkey now. So
3: uh-huh. he's out of the fucking
0: all right. So uh, before, uh, what, what do we think about uh, Luis Barraza's performance? Let's touch on that quickly. I, Buckley. I was going to chime in. I'm just going to say. I mean,
1: from what I saw, like I, I'm glad that he got got the first nod. Um, you know, there's only so much he can really stop. I mean, a lot of that is really also dependent on the back four. But I feel like he had a pretty, a pretty good, you know, average, maybe a little bit more than average performance yesterday. He was okay. Um, I am interested to see as the season goes on, though, how that competition kind of progresses between him and Freeze. Um, I don't know – I don't think that by – this is just my opinion here, but by the end, maybe mid-to-end mid season, I think Freeze is going to be our, our our starter. I have a, just have a feeling that he's just got a little bit more edge. I know he's not, not as good with his feet as Barraza is, uh, but I, I just – I think that Barraza is going to ultimately give up that spot at
0: the end of the season. Well, so here's some things to think about. So at the 30th minute, he faced a a uh, he made his second save of the game, Um, the first being that six minute save against Schaffelberg. Um, But at the 30th minute, he faced a a shot from Teal Bunbury, who took a shot from like 25 yards out, middle of the middle of the pitch, that took a deflection, not. The, the deflection occurred before the ball even entered into the 18-yard box, um, and uh, Barraza made the save, but his his footing was a little bit slow after the deflection, and he kind of had to like stumble backwards and make the save. Um, it looked like it should have been pretty routine, but he made it look a lot harder than it had to be, if that makes sense. Um, and then, uh, and then we can get to the goals that he conceded. So in the 30, 34th minute, so four minutes after that um, that shot that he had to save occurred. We have a free kick, which was conceded by Tavon Gray, who fouled Teal Bunbury. Uh, foul. it, no, he was riding him. T- Tavon was... Teal T- 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 Bunbury was... That's not, that's not was, that's he, was not he was shielding the ball, and Tavon was, 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 was riding him. Anyway. Alright, <laughs> right, so there's a foul. Ball gets swung in. Um, when the ball gets swung in, um, there was genuinely... Atrocious marking by multiple players on our team. I went back and watched the replay. Um, nobody is nobody, nobody is covering Fafa Picot at the far post. Nobody is within eight yards of him. He is there just hanging out by himself. Nobody's tracking him. Where does the ball end up going after after Chanel flicks it? Anybody, 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 anybody care to answer where the ball... Where it goes the ball... right to fucking Fafa. It goes right to fucking Fafa Pico after Cheneau does his little missed clearance, little flick of the header. goes right to Fafa Pico. Fafa is a he's a seasoned veteran. He knocks the ball down with his head. And wh- when you're knocking the ball down with your head, where do you put it? You put it in the fucking goal mouth. You, put it, you, 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 you knock it down to the middle of the goal. You want to put the ball in dangerous areas where good things tend to happen. Um, when the ball gets knocked down... Um, it goes right to Walker Zimmerman, who is just outside the six-yard box at the top, and puts, his, put, puts the inside of his foot through the ball and kicks it. Not he didn't he didn't hit it like fucking side netting far post. He hit it pretty central. Um, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a laid out full extension save that had to be made by by Luis Barraza. It got hit relatively. He only had to just move slightly to his right, um, and he got a full hand a full hand he got on the ball. Um, and the ball, um, he makes a save, but doesn't, get a, doesn't, doesn't parry it into a good area. The ball falls right onto the goal line, and the ball had enough momentum that it, it bounced into the net. Um, now, I, obviously, on, on Twitter, I'm, I'm very vocal about goalkeeping. Um, I train goalkeepers. I'm a goalkeeper coach. Um, I do not believe that, that Luis Barraza did enough on this play Um, In particular, I think that he should have been able to have a stronger hand onto the shot to parry it into a less dangerous area, let alone parry it into his own net. Because the the goal was given to um, uh, uh, Walker Zerman because it crossed the line before Godoy got to the end of it. But even if Godoy, even if that ball wasn't going in, Godoy, after the shot, was also unmarked because Hack didn't track his runners. He stopped. What, what? What? Once everything happened, Hack stopped running. Didn't track Godoy. So Godoy is now sitting on the goal line by himself, uncontested. Um, and then also, let, let's bring up that I, I went back and watched the replay. Who? Who's our? Uh, can anybody tell me the players in our back line real quick?
3: Is, uh, Tavon Gray, Chanel,
0: yes, Tavon Gray. are right back. At the time that this, at the time the ball crossed the goal line. Tavon Gray is fucking standing on the penalty stripe. As a right back, you sh- he should be tracking Godoy back because uh, Godoy is on was on our right on our left on, on his left side, our right side. But yet Tavon Gray is sitting on the penalty stripe while Godoy is trying to tap the ball, and even though it was already in, like it's just it's a categorical categorical failure. Awful set piece defending. Why is Fafa wide open? That's Koufray's job. Koufray should have been on him. He's the, he's the left fullback, and that's where that's where. Um, that's where Fafa was positioned. He was positioned on where the left fullback should have been. It's just a categor- categorical failure across the board from our entire set piece defending from the goalkeeper to the to the back line. And also, um, Justin Hack probably should have continued his run to help track back to, to maybe get in, in the mix with Walker minute or help out with with Godoy on the goal line. Um, did you guys... This, ha- is my, I mean, with, with, this is my issue with Lyle. Like I don't think
2: it's fair to put it all on Barraza. Because Barraza did listen. Whether or not you're happy with... That he got on it, he did get. He did block the initial shot, which, for the record, came inside the six. Top it's of the six. Like, it, 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 it's not. It's not like it, this was like a, like, like 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 Now listen, if this was like a shot from like, like you know, like like the edge of the eighteen or just inside the eighteen or just outside, then yeah, we'd have a discussion there. But honestly, in that kind of situation, your only like hope is to basically react. And hope, and hope that you just get a hand on it and, and give everybody some time. I, I'm much more disappointed with the defense on that on that goal than I am with Barraza, because Barraza did get his initial initial hand on it, and if people were in the right position, that ball is cleared harmlessly outside the box, and it's a non-talking like The fact that like Walker Zimmerman even has time to get that shot off and that ball is even Able to get to his feet to the point where he can get that decent of a shot on it, it is is the failure in my opinion. Like like on the on on the initial set piece defending and then residually you have nobody marking the back. There was nobody standing at the
0: back post. Nobody. 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 There was nobody at the back post. It was no man's land.
1: Kind of almost like uh, we might as well just remember that game. what Was it twenty seventeen? like that that corner kick that came in Pirlo was just kind of like leaning on the back <laughs> and just watched the ball go in that's kind of like just the thought that they had it, it, the defense I definitely agree with you Christian the defense definitely let Ross down last thing. because I think like I said I think he had a little bit of a you know a little better than average performance last night um you know some just unfortunate uh,
0: also, for the record, on that set piece where they scored, we had six defenders in the box, and they only had four, and they managed to fucking put the ball in the back of the net. So, the,
3: the Zonal marking
2: is fucking garbage, <laughs>
3: and I've always said it. And of, course, like, and, of course, you give the fucking goals to a go bang, average center back. And back, and back and
2: I, I, I don't like zonal marking, I don't, especially on set pieces. Cover a fucking man. Now, listen, zonal marking might work like, like an actual transitional defense in the run of play. But it doesn't. It, I've never really seen it yield results when it comes to fucking set pieces. I still don't understand it, I, and I and I don't understand how, like, on a set piece that isn't that far out wide, why aren't you marking the back post? Why is nobody there? I, just like, there, there's listen. I'm not gonna say Baraza like wowed me last night. He made one very good save early on in the game, and then was pretty much you know like. About I, I would say he's about on the level as a Stuver, for sure. Because Stuver Stuver's fine. I don't think anybody's shouting, you know, that Stuver's gonna win goalkeeper of the year at any point. But I mean Well he he's just he just let it three against an expansion team. Well, well here here's the thing. He's he's a solid hand. Barraza didn't do anything that lost us that game. That game did not come down to Barraza. It came down to a series of failures from the defense and from our coach. I, I, I don't I, when it comes to like, 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 naming like five reasons, like why, like NYCFC lost last night, Barraza wouldn't even sneak in there. Like, like he wouldn't, he wouldn't even be in the conversation because he did, he did the job to the best of his abilities, whatever those abilities are at this point. He's obviously a downgrade from Sean, like as far as like Sean's NYCFC form is concerned. We, we don't have to go into how he performed for Toronto last night, uh, but just. I, that, that that's a defensive failure last night. That set piece is a defensive failure one hundred percent. You cannot convince me otherwise. There was nobody in that back post. We were a zonal market. We were very lax and we were asleep. And we got caught we got caught slipping and we rightfully gave up a goal
0: as because of it. I can say with confidence that if that 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 goal, at least for Barraza, it showed his um, inexperience. Because I guarantee you if someone like Andre Blake or Sean Johnson or Nick Raimondo or someone who's been around the league for a long time, I guarantee you they do better on that shot.
2: You're also talking about goalkeepers that have not only just more experience, but just are on, operating on a different level than what Barraza is operating on. The Barraza has been a starter for what, I mean a, a backup rather, for what, four seasons now? Uh, thereabouts three,
3: three, four, yeah, you
2: know, yeah. Three bare minimum, but just he he, he's, he doesn't have the reps necessary to to be like a world beater. I mean, I mean you wouldn't like listen, You wouldn't like Andre Blake might be the best goalkeeper in MLS. You're not compa- comparing him to Iker Casillas, you know. You're not comparing him to Tiva Courtois or any of the other top goalkeepers. Top of the head, like like we're not making those comparisons because he just doesn't. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't... We are still great. Dude, fuck, we're, uh, we're not comparing him to players of of those ilk because they're not at that caliber. And I think that comparing Barazza to Sean Johnson isn't necessarily fair. And I think you need to give him time to, to get that experience. He started what? Maybe like five games over the course of his entire career at the top flight level. And MLS top, fl- top, top flight his, level.
3: Made his debut at like 24 years old.
2: Uh, well, like, it's just... It's not... I'm not putting that goal on Barraza because he with his experience and with his current skill level as we know it, he did everything that we could have asked for him to do. And all and the defenders let down their end of the book. There was does nobody it, at that post. There was nobody it. Does that goal get
1: scored with Freezing Net? Yes. No.
2: I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I haven't seen this man. Uh, you know, I like I I wish I could tell you, but that goes into a completely different topic, which is Apple T V not
0: extensively covering. So we yeah, we haven't know. we haven't seen like cuz that that's that's a that's a reactionary save. Um but so like we haven't we don't know enough about Matt Friese to know what what his capabilities are yet. That's why we're I mean I'm hoping we see him soon uh just to see what he can do. I I think that it would be you can't take you can't have them alternate games because you you need to see a a body of work like a 3 to 5 7 games to see what a keeper can do um before you make a decision. I just hope that he doesn't uh, like give Barraza too much time before he uh, decides to see what Freeze looks like. I,
2: I think yeah, can, I think we can safely say that Barraza will be our
0: goalkeeper until at least. In yeah, enough. yeah. yeah I agree with that. They're,
1: like you said, they're going to give him a couple chances to see kind of how he performs. I mean, uh, like I said, it, it doesn't also help that Freeze was wasn't you know starter in Philadelphia. So we essentially have two backup going for a number one spot, which, again, like you said, I, I thought Freeze from that Ella, the, the Galaxy preseason game that I watched, he looked pretty solid and, you know, stopped the penalty as well. But, um, you know, for me, it's kind of just like, um, yeah, you know, who's the better backup, essentially, who to, will to be able to take the starting
0: spot. So I, I'd, um, I heard you guys kind of talking about uh... – that you guys didn't, you didn't like Pellegrini's game uh, yesterday. Um, well, so he, I think it's because he's he's a different style of 10 than what we're accustomed to with Santi and Maxi. Um, Maxi and Santi are very much the, the puppet master maestros who are kind of pinging balls all over the place. And I feel that that uh, Mati is more of like a, uh, a goal savvy uh, 10. Uh, more along the lines of like what uh, G- uh, Giovinco was for Toronto. Well, yeah, well, so, but because I'm looking at, so uh, Pellegrini had two uh, pretty good shots, on, on um, not on target, but two pretty good shots um, yesterday in the game. The first one came. Um, what you're saying is you, you think that Pellegrini is the type that
2: finds space at the top of the top of the 18, and then will elect to take a shot Yeah. As opposed to necessarily looking. Yes. I mean, yeah, I can agree with that, but I don't. I don't think he's really. I mean, thing is, Mati. Listen, I, 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 think Mati has tons of upside. Listen, he was into Miami's first DP for. I don't, and and because of their financial situation, because of all those sanctions that they got from season ago, they weren't able to keep. Him. And, and out of all their DPS that they had, they thought that he was the one that was most expendable, and he was the one could, uh Which wasn't really necessarily born out of the results. They were pretty ass for the first few seasons. However, that said, I, I don't... I don't think that... Listen, Mati's not going to be as good as a think Like, I think we no. can easily say that. And, and if you're going to be that type of 10 that likes to take pot shots from the top of the box, then you have to at least get him on target. Now, listen, did they threaten the target? Were they poor? Yes. Were they poor shots? No. But the thing is, this team right now, in the way that they're constructed, needs a ten. That's going to be like that's going to be linking up, like, like a guy like Santi who's going to be executing those one twos and wanting. Because I mean, I have no problem with a ten being a goal scorer. You know, Santi proved it. Like especially in his early, like like especially when Tati, would, hold on, when Tati was was there, he and Santi had this uncanny chemistry when they, especially when Santi first came. Here. Now, wasn't he's not a clinical. I don't mean I don't need him to be that, but he's constantly creating chaos in and around the box with those one-two passes, getting in behind, sending other players in behind. That's going to lead to goals because they're going to—it's like volume shooting in the NBA. They're going to generate a lot of shots and they're going to generate a lot of chances, and one of them is bound to go in. I didn't see that from Mati. Mati just doesn't seem like that dynamic type of ten where he's going to be able to pull strings and with with the way that this team is currently constructed, you're going to need that because it doesn't really describe anybody on this team. At least that can at least that can function in a central position.
0: I think that we are gonna to struggle to uh to cultivate organic scoring opportunities until Santi or Ledesma gets here with Mati playing the ten. Based on based on but what guess, I've seen. I also want to
2: point out too that we really can't stocking Ledesma either. Ledesma's decent, but he's not maxi-good. He's yep. not Santi-good. So, I, I mean, maybe like you you know, maybe you find find a way to make Ledesma work, and I do think he's a good pickup for this team, but I think we also need to remember, maybe Ledesma's not the answer either.
0: Yeah, no, we, we don't Very know. Possible. But at least, at least Santi, we know what we're getting.
2: Precisely. Yeah. And we know that he can function in a variety of different roles and excel in those different well, Santi's a good player, and listen, people, you're gonna you're gonna jump down my throat with this. Some people are gonna jump down my throat on Twitter about this, but with the way that he performed last season, if NYCFC gave him a DP contract to come over, I'm not mad about it. I'm not because he's got a body, he's got the numbers, he's got better numbers than some DPS in this
0: league. How many DPs spots do we have available, Davi, do, You probably know this. We have one available. Davi, you're yeah. muted, Davi. You're muted.
3: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Santi's not a DB, so he won't take up that spot. So, uh, Why is it? uh Why not? we 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 thought we we were able to find a loophole. We gave him uh, a high uh tan deal for five years, so Six. we still have that DP spot. Open.
0: Is this so, coming from source? Yeah. With sixteen goal contributions over the course of an entire season, that that means nothing. That's not DP level performance. Well, I'm hoping we. I'm I mean, I mean, we, we we got
3: bigger problems at the 9, so I'm 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 assuming that they're going to save that DP spot for.
0: Yeah, we need a DP nine then.
1: <laughs> we really missed out, I think, because I was saying this since MLS Cup essentially ended. Um, Christian Arango, I think we really missed out on him. Um, I, from I, LAFC. I, 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 yeah. I've been saying it was since since the summer. I
3: wanted him since the summer. It, it, uh, apparently, the LAFC were listening to, to offers. He was on the chopping block, and we just didn't do anything. We just, yeah. we, we just he didn't he even make an, an offer. Really, he would have
0: fit really well in the system. It would have been, been, been perfect. High energy, high high caliber. Latin American.
3: Missed the boat on that one. If, if, we, if we got him in the summer, we would have gone back to.
0: Yeah, Davi Dobby, Dobby was calling for Rongo for a while. Um and I and I agree. I mean, I think that he he I don't know why I don't know why the uh, LAFC didn't want to did get rid of him. He he was producing for them like really well. And now he's going to fucking Mexico for years. Yeah. Um well, I, mean, I think, I think the whole performance of you know, last
1: night I think that we're going to hear going forward until something starts happening goal scoring wise, team gelling wise, validity wise. Is that blanket sheet statement from Nick Cushing last night after the win? Did you see did anybody see that where it's like, Oh, we, we looked really poor out there, we're, we're gonna go hit the training pitch and, and work on some things. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a coach talk, yeah. It's it's the, it's English, the
2: English managers, everybody. I hate that corpus statement I mean, I get that, I get why he can't go into specifics, because if you're going into specifics and say, we need to fix this, we need to look to do this more, then you're giving, you know, like, opponents, you know, basically a cheat sheet to look for. A cheat sheet of things to look for, like, throughout the course of the game. But at the same time, I just want to see, like, I mean... I missed, like, the days where Ronnie which would flat out say, we don't have the squad right now to compete for an MLS Cup, so why the fuck are we talking about an MLS Cup? You know, like, like or, or we played extremely poorly out there, and I didn't see anything good from this team, and I need to see some fucking Dude. hunger. He he, you know, he, like, like, he criticized his team publicly by saying he didn't get the depth, that then he got and it. and it yielded results. You know, like, 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 you can, like, you know, we can talk about, like, quote-unquote toxic culture, you know, all we want. But like, like, let's face it. Like, the coaches that demand results and hold people accountable for shit performances typically do better and fare better than coaches who don't. Like, uh, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was uh,
3: Antonio or Gio in the space yesterday. They said that the players don't respect Cushing. They're just kind of like, waiting for the next manager to come in.
2: Here's, here's the thing. I think they did respect Cushing when you had a buffer like Maxi in between him you know like like this this team had a bigger Yeah team but team. now he's
3: gone so do, do well, this well, problem
2: well, that's respect for him or not? That's the problem. There's no buffer in there. Now listen as much as we love Chino and as much as Chino is is a bona fide leader on this team I don't know how much respect he has from the Latin players on the on the team. The players who, who's like who don't who speak Spanish to one another or speak Portuguese to one another. You know what, like, 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 like we, we've seen, like, in, like, inside the training videos and behind the scenes videos that this team, even though they're conducive as a unit on the pitch, they're very
0: clicky. Yeah. You know, it's very clicky. They've always, always, always been clicky. Yeah, I'm not being like, and I'm not like, like, like,
2: I don't think it's a controversial statement. It's very clicky. Like, the, the Argentinians hang out with the Argentinians. Brazilians hang out with the Brazilians, you know, the Europeans hang out with the Europeans, the Americans hang out with the Americans. We saw that. And you can go back and watch those videos and see that. Do they all have a good relationship and a good rapport with one another? Of course, you know? But at the same time, you know, when it comes to their own, like, little tiny circles and their, like, squad dynamics, which is a huge part of a football team, you know, like, they're going to look towards the senior member of that, of that, you know, that little social group. To, to, to be the buffer between a coach, to be a buffer, uh, to, be, to be, ugh, God damn it, it's fucking, I slept too much, to be the buffer between them and the coach, and, you know, and relay that information to them, Maxi was like that to the large contingent of Latin American players that we had, and and so on and so forth, and Maxi was basically a buffer to everybody, everybody respected Maxi, everybody loves Maxi, um, uh, and and we don't have that right now. Bear could have been the next in line there. I mean, we can talk about Bear's contributions the pitch when it comes to locker room. When it comes to a locker room presence, I think we can all agree it's Yeah, Abear was, <laughs> he, he was the fucking guy. He was the man, you know? Who didn't want to talk to Hebert? You know, who doesn't like Hebert? You know, like, like, like as a person. That's a person. And, uh, so, I mean, like yeah, like he's the leader, but we don't have many behind him. You know, there's not a second in, in command there. I don't think players are lining up to hear what Keaton Parks has to say about things. That no, no, falls on the front office for not getting anybody, or what Alfredo Morales has to say about something. You know, th-
0: that that's my opinion on it. Yeah, so um, I guess like the like the next major talking point about the game um would be in uh so the game was one zero at halftime, right? Um, and then in the forty eighth minute, um, after halftime, uh, after I guess Andrade had switched to playing more of a central role, and Thiago uh not Thiago Talis Magno had moved out to the left wing, um Thiago Andrade got played in um uh used his pace merchantism <laughs> to to beat. Walker Zimmerman, um, took his first touch at the top of the 18 and seemed like he was in pretty clean. Um, he had the, 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 go- the goalkeeper was in no man's land. Joe Willis was in no man's land. Um, all Tiago had to do was round the keeper and use his left foot to swing through the ball and tap into the back of net. And then that game is 1-1, and that's a completely different dynamic. But uh, Tiago took a pretty shit touch with his right foot got the ball stuck underneath him, did a step over to use his right foot again. And then played a square ball to Mattias Pellegrini, who uh, who had no pressure on him at the top of the uh, not the top at like this at the penalty stripe area, and he fluffed it and kicked it up over the the bar. Um, so that was two decent scoring opportunities in um, in in the matter of seconds in the uh, in the 48th minute, which we uh, which could have taken the dynamic of that match and completely dropped it on its head. Uh, but so I mean. Uh, I, I talked to, I've, I I tweet about at length every almost daily monthly weekly that uh, Tiago Andrade is painfully painfully right-footed only he does not have a left foot he hates using his right foot um, and that's going to be a, a severe limiting factor to his um, progression and production that we might see if he if we if he now is taking over this uh, role as a as the uh, as the nine. So uh, what do you guys think about Thiago at the nine, and what do you think about his um, inability to use his left foot to p- tap a ball into the goal?
2: I think he could work if he was somewhat – listen, I don't even know why he's hesitant to use his left foot because everybody remembers that D.C. United game at Red Bull, you know, when he had that, like, large run and, you know, like, like that, that just that hero run at the end of the game uh, and completely, like – just I don't remember the defender. It was like the tall dude on DC you know. Donovan, Donovan Pines. Pines. Yeah yeah, Donovan Pines. That's the one. Uh, and uh, like just burned him, then turned him once he caught up, caught up, to him. and then used his left foot to score that goal past Bill Hamid. And we know who Bill Hamid is. We know that like listen, he's had his best his best days are definitely behind him. But Bill Hamid is still a very very good goalkeeper. And it was a very tidy finish with the left foot and side netting. You know, you know, low, nice right like,
3: little
2: the corner. Tuck. Yeah, yep. Just it was a beautiful. So, just yeah, just use your left foot. I think Thiago Andrade could be a striker. I actually think that might be in his natural. Position. I actually, I, I think, I think back in his
3: youth days, back in Brazil, I think he used to be a striker centrally, but then uh, I, I don't know, but he probably got moved out to, to, to left wing, left mid, where he's playing right now. But I mean. I mean, if this Talos Magno experiment experiment doesn't fucking work, like like we all bet, like it's not gonna work, you know. Perhaps, perhaps Tiago is the little band on the on, on the big wound until we get a DP nine. If 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 we get it, even.
0: Well, I mean, Tiago and Drudge looked exponentially better at the nine than Talos Magno did yesterday. I mean, there's I don't yeah, I don't think there's yeah, arguing exactly. that. Him fucking shoot that opportunity yeah into and then would fucking miss his But his touch game. looked better. Everything looked better. But Buckley, what do you think about about uh, Thiago and Drudge at the nine?
1: Doing this midseason, um, so I, it couldn't hurt. Um, I mean, if it, you know anything, was probably better than than Talos's performance last night. But um, I think, like I said, if you're going to start tinkering with the lineup and seeing who can fit where and who can try to bang those goals in, um, do it do it now um, rather than wait. So.
0: Yeah, um, and then uh, like substitutions make a big difference. Um, and uh, um, the seventieth minute, I believe, the, the seventieth minute, um, uh, Mutar gets subbed in, and right on cue, seventy fifth minute, he uh, he they cap they counter He makes a nice solo run. Uh, everyone gets just blown by and doesn't attempt to make a tackle. We have Matthias Pellegrini running, tracking back deeper. To attempt to make a tackle on Hani than fucking Justin Hack does. Um, uh, uh, Pellegrini probably should have taken taken a yellow card foul and taken Mukhtar down in that moment. Um, but Mukhtar stays on his feet, keeps the ball, slots the ball across to Shackleberg. Shackelberg takes a touch and fucking drills it side netting. Uh, I,
3: I'm, I'm against trying to injure players, but we you know um, Mukhtar had a hip injury, uh, so why not? Why not? Try to aim for the hip and try to like knock him out that way.
0: I don't know. No, the uh, no just sorry. Stop, the run, just stop stop, him, stop Yeah, him. I agree with stopping the run. I don't agree with intentionally targeting his hip. I think that he should have just wrapped his arms and just legitimately yes, just football style you know, like, tackled him or whatever. You know, but he
3: stops the run. He stops the run. And that second goal probably doesn't happen.
0: So oh, yeah, no, 100%. Here's I think we can all agree. Justin had a
2: pretty good game last night, correct? Pretty good.
0: Pretty for, se- pretty se- for 70 minutes or so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably the best.
2: For the most part, outside of the set piece, I know this I know we've been talking a lot of like shit about how the defense performed last night. But for the most part, defense got the job done last night. And was able to like limit the damage a lot, like in between the two goals. However, except, except they failed in those two moments. Okay, but here's the thing. That's when your attack needs to fucking come alive. Like I mean we can we can blame the defense all we want. We were under sustained pressure the entire game. I don't care what the possession stats say. Every single time that Nashville had the ball, they they we, they were pressuring us. They were going on the counter, they were trying to like put balls into dangerous areas, and they were trying to... They they, they, they got pretty close to scoring some goals on some some point. The defense's job is to hold out for as long as they need to until the offense can show up. And the offense didn't show up last night. Our attack was gone. We had no attack last night. And I think putting it all on Justin Hack in that like one individual moment, or Barraza in the, on the set piece, it's just I just don't think it's a, a fair assessment of the game, because for the most part, the players who were chosen on the defensive side of the ball got the job done defensively for most of the game. The, the thing is, the, the, the attack didn't hold up their end of the bargain. We didn't get any goals. We, we didn't even threaten, really, outside of one big
0: chance. Well, do you think that this comes down to the fact that NYCFC's um modus operandi for away matches is to play for the draw on the road?
2: I I think the modus 100%. operandi I, I I mean, yeah, I mean that's definitely a problem, but I mean also I think it's a problem of cushion. Not listen, I I don't care if you don't think the players on the bench can make a difference. The play, oh, sorry, the players on the pitch aren't making a
0: difference. Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely whether, it, we give, whether we give Gabe Segal a try? Why not? Yeah, that's a big question. That's a, that's, a, that's a big Jason, question, Mark. Jason, Jason's
2: been
0: a starter on this team. He, uh, Jason's been a starter on this team before. You know? What the fuck? Yeah. No, uh, Jason, I mean, I think Jason could have came on and, and spelled. Uh, I mean, g- g- here's another thing. Gabi was, like, invisible for most of the match, man. Like, he didn't really get a lot of touches. I'm, I'm going to go and look to see how many touches he got. He didn't get a lot of touches, and then... It, Towards the second half he 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 almost started playing like a right wing back position. He was all the way out in the width. He was pretty pretty deep. Um Yeah, I mean, he was I mean, he got a high rating, but that's because he didn't he, he was 22 for 28 passing, 79%, that's pretty good. Expected assists 0.08. Chances created 3. Um he's also another one he's painfully left-footed. Um, he had this one play, I forget what minute it was, but he was like uh, carrying the ball near the 18 yard box and he kept doing fakes to the right fakes to the right fakes to the right because he was trying to bait the defender to think he was going that way. He was never fucking going that way. Hes al- Gabby 100% is always going to bring the ball onto his left foot back into the middle of the pitch. It's very predictable. It happens every single time. I love Gabby as a player. I think he's gonna kill it, but he needs to uh, add more tricks to his bag. He needs to sometimes take the ball on his right foot down the right side, and then maybe cut back to the left. It's like he always wants to go back into the middle. Let's also point out though that being one-footed isn't necessarily a problem.
2: I mean, Tati was very one-footed, so one-footed that he would have to rebound with his fucking right foot in some occasions. But I mean, the thing is, even like, scored one. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to boil this down to oh, they're one-footed. No, that's not. That's not what it is. We just weren't dynamic in the attack. We looked like we didn't have a plan. It looks like the plan was get the ball into the attacking third and just fucking figure it out from there.
0: Yeah. There's no plan.
2: There was no I kind of want to ask a question.
0: Uh, you, you go ahead, Buckley. Quick. Forty-four touches. Got yes. forty-four. There was, there was no plan. There again, you could
1: tell that there was no plan from the start of the game. Um, we kind of just went in there and you know, like I said, on the road we always just try to play for that draw. Um, I really don't think Cushing has a plan, and I don't think that we'll have a solid plan until we have a true number nine. Again, I mean, we can keep experimenting throughout March to see who's going to fit throughout April. And my worry is, you know, again, typically where we see, you know, the club and city football group, you know, whoever you know, bring in players for us is in the summer. So we may begin this sort of experimental shit phase from now until Summer transfer window opens. I, I'm okay. hoping not. I, I'm hoping we can bring in somebody, but I, uh, realistically, I don't
2: think it's going to happen. on uh, This window that can okay. make it, that can change the game. You, you mean outside of like San right. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Exactly. I, I mean, there
1: was all those rumors. You know, you saw like, oh, the club is going to be bringing in like ten players, mm-hmm. and this and that. <laughs> <laughs> like, when has when has this club ever brought in maybe more than? Three or four players in a window.
3: 2016, <laughs> 2016 maybe. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. So we are unfortunately going to be in this like, eh, yeah, let's
3: see if this works sort of phase until uh, you know, perhaps, perhaps if Santi does come, perhaps we can get by just barely and then hopefully get to the Sun in a
0: decent well, position where
3: we can still kind of
0: go up. Well, still. this ta- this this window we brought in three or four play- four players we brought in this, this so far this window uh, Alfaro um Segal. and then the two fullbacks Elenik and Kufre. those are the four our four players we brought in this window Yes yeah, yeah. All right and then we're looking at possibly bringing in right now semi confirmed two even though Santi's kind of like a return but it's like Ledesma. And Ledesma. so like that that's what, like I don't, we don't really bring in many more players and, than that and
3: supposedly left footed center back as
0: well supposedly So like we all know that NYCFC is not going to make any groundbreaking blockbuster moves in this window. Um, They are gonna they uh, they always look to do their business in the summer the summer window. They they look to get by with what they have at the start of a season, Um, and then uh, they look to make a potentially roster altering move in the summer to try to win some games in August and September before they transition to the playoffs. I I, to be
2: fair, I mean most MLS clubs do do their building like like do bring in their big moves. In the summer, because that's when the European season ends. That's when most seasons end, and it's very hard to get a player to leave mid-season. Well, like, like players like leaving mid-season is usually for like, you know, pretty extreme circumstances. Either they're not getting playing time, or they've fallen out of favor, or they're having some huge blowout with the team. Uh, like so, like I mean, like I mean, I I wasn't expecting anything monumental you know, this window, but I definitely was expecting us to at least bring in a left-foot center back. I- I'm so surprised that we haven't seen that outside of Faro.
0: I am perpetually always wondering when the fuck are we finally going to replace Tati Castellanos? Because he's been gone for how long now and we still have not replaced him. Well, that's
1: that's what we're seeing with this, this rebuild, too. I mean, Girona taketh and CFG uh,
3: not giveth. What about here? Yeah. Uh, I do. I do have a question, though. Like, now that we uh, essentially all agree on that, uh, our plan to go away uh, is to essentially play for the draw. Do Do you think uh, maybe a bit too ahead? Uh, do you think that's that's the case with the with the game against Chicago in, in six days' time? Like, are we going to play for the draw against Chicago, or are we going to go out there and get a winner against like, a team
2: that you know it's not really good? I wish I could tell you, but I don't know how good or how bad Chicago is because they're the only Eastern Conference team that didn't play this weekend.
0: I mean, based on their roster construction, that they, they don't look too dangerous, uh, and obviously they didn't do they didn't do too well in the league last year. But I'm not sure what moves they made because if you look, like fucking uh, uh, DC, DC, did DC win that yesterday against uh, the DC played – Was that Toronto?
3: Yeah yeah, 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 they, so yeah, yeah, they scored two goals in the last
0: eight minutes. DC, what, wooden spoon contender that we thought fucking knocked off Toronto yesterday. Uh, St. Louis City knocks off Atlanta, or yeah, not Atlanta, uh, Austin. Game. Yeah, so like, like the, the one thing that MLS is, is unpredictable. <laughs> MLS is unpredictable. Anybody who bets on MLS games needs psychiatric help because at any given time, anybody can beat anybody in a in one game. Over the course of the season, probably not, but in one game anybody can beat anybody in this league. And that was I do want to point one more thing out. Our schedule,
2: uh, I think uh Wyatt pointed it pointed out, uh pointed out like uh, before. Our schedule is like we get a lot of home games like through stretches. It it's it, it's favorable
3: towards the back end of the
2: season when it really matters when we need the points to propel ourselves higher up the table because we have more home games towards the back end of the schedule. And our team, like, even last year wasn't good on the road. So I think we do have to take that, like take the result last night with grain it Is this just like for the past few seasons? This is not going to be a good, great team.
0: All right, um, uh, Mr. Buckley, Anthony, um, let's get your uh, let's get your final thoughts on uh, on match match day number one for the twenty twenty three season.
1: On TV to watch, like I said in, in, in the 1080p. Um, that's really probably about about all the positive takeaways I have. Um, I'm trying to look look at it from a little bit more of an optimistic perspective. Yes, it's you know you know week one. Just Got to work out some of those early season jitters and players gelling. Um, you know, I I think it's not time to really you
3: know hit the panic button
1: yet. Chicago next Miami after that at home um, it's kind of a just we'll see at, the, at this point you know I really wasn't surprised by the result last night um, you know historically again in our, in our season openers we haven't done really too well with those so um, I hope that we can continue to just kind of improve as the season goes on I hope hope we can bring in a, tr- a true number nine because we need it but uh I hope hope things just uh, improve from here. What do you I, say, I guess.
0: What did you think about uh, how did the uh, Interborough kit look on the, on the on TV yesterday?
1: I think it would I think it would be, would be better with navy shorts, honestly. <laughs> um, I I love the sky blue and navy combination. Um, the kit itself at the top looks much better in person I think than it does on TV. Um, I don't hate it. Um,
0: it's okay. Yep. Well, the the, the Interbro the kit is officially 0 and 1, so uh, not good juju right now. Bring back in. Then it's time for the big guns. All right. Uh, perhaps, next, perhaps next week. B- Buckley, where can, we, uh, where can we find you tweeting out of?
1: You can find me. Um, I have a new Twitter because my last one uh, got suspended for whatever reason. But it's uh, at Buckley, B U C K L, and 3 as the E, and then Y. Pretty simple. Um, yeah, that's where I am. That's where I tweet. You'll see me um, complaining or cheering on the boys. But uh, yeah, if you want to follow me, give me give me a drop there, and I appreciate you guys having me on the pod.
0: Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look to have you on again soon. Maybe maybe later later on this year.
1: Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks everyone. All
0: right. Have yeah, a
3: good man,
0: one. Have a good day. Bye, All right, boys. Uh, what else, what else, what else we want to talk about here? Um, oh, I wanted to briefly, I looked up the stats. So there's been this narrative, and I agree with the narrative, that, that Barraza is decent with his feet, right? Um, but, uh, so he was 25 for 31 with accurate passes, which is 81%, which is, that's a, that's a good passing rate. Right? The thing that I'm concerned about is he was 1 for 7 with long balls. 14, Only 14%, 1 for 7 um, on his ability to uh, uh, play a long ball and for it to be played in and won by by uh to maintain possession so I thought that, that was, was telling long balls last night were like on um, like balls that were getting recycled to him and then he was under pressure and basically just had to clear it mm-hmm. um and the what the one part of now I know I agree with uh with cre didn't have the greatest the greatest game um <laughs> but um, I did like his um, his uh, the width that he provided. He played very high and wide, um, like very, very high uh, on that left side. Um, but just some of his services um, kind of were served in at like the wrong time. I went back and watched. One of his, one of his most dangerous services came at, at the 60-minute mark, and he served it in to Thales, or or whoever was in there, but they weren't like – they weren't like in the box yet, so it's a little bit too early. But that—that's the one where the the cross got knocked down to Pellegrini, and then Pellegrini ripped a shot from outside the 18 that went just wide of the far post. Um, so I mean, I mean, I can see glimpses of where his offensive acumen can be beneficial to us in the attack more so than say like a multi Amundsen. Um, but I, I don't think we saw enough of a head-to-head comparison that I can firmly say Nick O'Toole um can put in a better shift than than Kufre can at this point. What do you guys think about that?
2: I mean I, I liked O'Toole when he came on. I thought O'Toole actually looked pretty good. That one long shot that he had was a fucking piss missile. Like like just like he he like really like put like good pace. Uh it was kind of like right at the keeper. If he could get that like at a corner,
0: that yeah, might go in. Yeah but Kufrey had a shot too. So like they, they both had a they both had a shot Kufre on goal. It just didn't really nice. Well, because it was on his right foot, he he it, the ball got passed to him by Gabby Pereira. This was the play that Gabi Pereira cut inside and then played the ball off to to Koufre. Koufre um, took a touch with his um brought it onto his left foot. The defender closed him down, so he brought it back onto his right foot and then hit a right-footed shot. So like it's not his not his dominant foot. Um, I mean, but I get it. it's just I didn't see anything over the course of his
2: shift that made that. Listen, I get that it's his first game and I'm willing to give him time. I know I shitted on him last night. I'm willing to give him time. However, just initial looks are that, like, just, like, given, like, what I saw last night, he doesn't appear to be a massive improvement over either O'Toole or even Amundsen. I, I, I... I, I I I don't I just I just don't see. I mean, he didn't offer much in the attack, and I felt like defensively he was nothing more than a Ben Sweat style.
0: <laughs> All right, so O'Toole. Yeah, that, I mean, that was yeah, That was a, bad, that, ball was a ball one? that was a bad yellow card. That was bad. That was really bad. It was bad. Uh so O'Toole, fifteen for 17, 88 percent passing, but over three accurate crosses. Uh, let's look at Koufre. Kufre was twenty-five for 33, 76 percent. So less accurate with his passes, but more volume. Uh, with over three accurate crosses. So we're we're just not getting. We're not getting an either either the service isn't quality or the attackers aren't in the right position to get on the end of the crosses. I, I can't I can't decipher which which one is. Yeah, yeah, it could be both. Um, but the crosses are just not there from. Uh, from the fullbacks that they're both 0 for 3 were crosses. I'm looking at the right back right now with uh Tavon Gray. He was 0 for 1 with crosses, so we're just not getting on the end. I look at Gabriel Pereira with crosses. Um one for three on crosses with was Gabby Pereira. I also, I also noticed that Tavon was not getting
2: advanced last night like at all, like really. Like, he was definitely like sitting like kind of like ahead of like halfway and like expecting like the ball like back from
0: yeah um uh this was spoken about in the space last night but um Ti- tiago mart tiago martinez looked kind of like lethargic and like a little bit like just out of out of sorts uh with his play yesterday he um he was the one who when uh when uh, walker zimmerman hammered home that shot from the top of the six Tiago Martins was the one who was like trying to like dive in front of it and dove with his right leg instead of his left leg to try to block the shot, um, and didn't get a touch on it. And then uh, also on the other goal, uh, where uh, where um, Mukhtar was driving into the into the attacking third and then laid it off to Schaffelberg. Uh, Tiago Martins was the one who was kind of like he was flat-footed, and um, the ball just got played like to. To uh, Schaffelberg and he didn't even like make an attempt to block the pass or anything. Um, so I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm just I'm pointing out negatives, obviously, but like like in terms of he, uh, in, in terms of the attack, there was nothing like noteworthy that he did. Um, I mean, he was five for nine on long balls, which is pretty good, fifty six percent. But like I just there was not a lot five for eight on aerial duels. Uh, what was Chano? know, Ch- particularly had a bad day in the air winning balls in the air four for six um, but I think the headed the headed balls that he won were not won well I mean it was just across the board it was just not good um Pereira was like one of the one of the bright spots but he didn't get the ball enough um hack was hack was probably the best midfielder uh through 70 minutes which is not that's that, that's an indictment on how how bad the midfield was if if you're a homegrown, uh, six eight was uh was your best uh best midfielder uh compared to a fringe men's national team player and an Argenti- argentine um if he's your best midfielder then, then uh that's uh that's spelling some problems uh in the uh with the team going forward but uh i'm just yeah i'm just i was just like waiting all day all week all off season for this for this game it was just it was really underwhelming and disappointing i mean it's just like i i, I live for this team i eat Sleep and breathe this team, and to like for that to be the product that I had to witness for ninety minutes was just not good enough, and it just it really sucks.
3: Six more days until another disappointing game.
0: I mean, um, I have higher aspirations for the Chicago game just because Chicago is nowhere near the level of Nashville. They're not. They're not in the same tier. They're not the I same.
3: Mean, not, not only that, I guess we also got a game under our belts, so I guess we could kind of use that towards an advantage. But I don't
2: really know it's- I just look if we can get three points next week. Like my morale will go up a lot more. Like, listen, I know Chicago's not more. We're not expecting Chicago to be more than a, like a punching bag this season. But at the same time, it's just like on the road. Just, just get the fucking results, however you can. And then once, like, like once we get back home on March eleventh, like for into Miami, I have nothing. But confidence that we can get a result there. Like I said before, I don't think we're losing any games at Yankee Stadium this year. Just just take care, of, like take care of business as best you can. Hopefully, Santi and Ledesma get here before either game. That would be a boost to the entire team because Santi's an immediate start, and Ledesma could be can make an immediate impact off the bench. You know, I don't think Ledesma's gonna fi- figure his way into the starting eleven right off the bat. But I do think that he could possibly. I mean, remember they can play at the same time because Santi's very adept at playing the wing. So you know, it, it is possible that you could see them on the pitch at the same time uh, at any given point. Especially um, you know, if if uh, you know Cushing decides at any point that Andrade, you know, is the odd man out, and that you know that three man pairing up top. You know, so we'll see. Uh, I I I do hope for a better result, at least a point next week. I I I'll be fine with a point.
0: Yeah, I just I want to I need to see offense. I need to, I need to see us us being able to score. Um, you can't win games if you don't score goals uh, unless it's an goal. But we need to be able to string together something attacking wise and just get some, something to get excited about. Like there was nothing, there was really no part of our attack yesterday that was exciting. Um, and we need to figure it the fuck I out. Yes.
3: I guess the positive we'll, we'll, we'll forget about this in two weeks' time we smash Miami four at home. But Yeah, but but,
0: but right we'll now it's not great.
2: Yeah, no. Right now it sucks. I feel flaccid right now as far as the fan is concerned.
0: Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I guess uh let's let's, let's close the uh let's close the chapter on uh on this um this Nashville game and just uh Look forward. I just, we, I, I
3: just hope Santi comes in this week. What? I just hope Santi's available for the, one of the next two games. Yeah, because yeah. we need, we need him badly.
0: What What's the saying? And, and we move. <laughs> um, we and, we mo- move. and we move. Move on to uh, move on to Chicago. See if we can't get a result. And uh, let's just focus all of our energy on on that. And let's just forget about uh, forget about this Nashville game because there's nothing we can do about it anymore. And we've kind of. Uh, dissected it to uh, to death and uh, we talked about everything everything happened in the game and let's just uh, let's just focus on getting a point or three points in Chicago uh, Dobby closing thoughts
3: <laughs>
0: next time we record this early Dobby needs to get some coffee because I need I need him to bring the energy he's our uh, our energy guy he's our hype guy Uh Christian, f- closing thoughts. Departmentalization.
2: Uh, just put this one. Pretend this one didn't exist. Kind of was like that one season of Dallas where it was all a dream, and uh, you know, just you know, just try to put your best forward. P- put your best forward. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. But also try to put your best foot forward as well. And. Get a result next week. It doesn't have to be all three points. I think we all want three points. We all desire three points. But if we get a we get a point out of Chicago, take it. You know, like like like, carry some positive momentum go, going. You know, back into the Bronx. You know, but we're not going to be in the Bronx for much longer. So let's try to make it count. And you know, just yeah, just put. Let's let, let's see how Santi and and Ledesma mesh into the squad. Let's see if NYCFC can't get a little cheeky pickup here and there too, you know, before April. You know, let, let, let's, you know, uh, I'm willing to wait it out and see. It's a long season. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I need some food. <laughs> I need
0: coffee. Yeah. So my closing thoughts are uh, that if we put three or four in the back of the net on Chicago in a week's time or less than a week's time, then uh, we will kind of forget about this match. Uh, but if, uh, if this begins to snowball and is a sign of things to come in terms of lack of, of offensive production and a leaky defense, then we are in for a rough stretch uh, until the summer transfer window, or if we bring some players in during this window, which I'm not too high on, other than the players that have already been semi-announced. But uh, I'm, just, I'm looking for something that gets me excited about New York City football, um, and uh, I hope that happens soon rather than later. As always, I'm, Chris, uh, I'm Joe with Christian and Davi, and this is Beyond the Smokestacks. And as always, New York is blue.